Welcome to the First Pres podcast, which features the message from this past Sunday's worship. If you would like to worship with us in person, our services are Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, 10, and 11 o'clock. You can learn more about First Pres at www.first-pres.org. Amen. Thank you, guys. That was wonderful. Well, good morning, church. So glad to be with you this morning. If you want to turn to Romans chapter 8, we're going to read verses 11 and then 14 through 25 together. If you want to turn there or follow along on the screens, hear God's word. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Verse 14, for those who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father, The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. The word of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord God, we give you thanks for the gift of this day, the gift of of worship, of coming into your presence and worshiping you. And we don't wanna talk about you as if you're not in this room. So open our eyes to you, Jesus, to your presence in our midst, and we pray, loving God, that you would speak to us. Come, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. I spent Easter morning in a cemetery once. The church I grew up in held their sunrise service in a nearby cemetery. And I remember walking through that that graveyard with my dad before the service began. It was still completely dark. And so we sort of stumbled our way to the site of the worship service. And there, surrounded by, by graves, we worshiped the one who walked out of his grave. There, surrounded by reminders of death, we said things like, death, where is your victory? 
I'm sure there were some in that gathered congregation who had buried loved ones in that very place. Some there with with fresh, with recent grief. I bet most of us have memories like that, walking through a cemetery, standing next to a grave. Some of you here, you may not be, you may not be a Christian. You may be seeking, you may have questions, and, and you have memories like that standing next to a grave, and you have wondered what happens after life, what happens after death. And there in that cemetery, on that Easter morning, we worshiped. We proclaimed the truth of Easter. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. Christ is risen. And more than anything else, what I remember about about that Easter morning, more than anything else, what I remember is that we left in the light. We came surrounded by darkness, but we walked out of that cemetery surrounded by light. A new day was here. Friends, in the resurrection of Jesus, it's like a new day dawning. A new day that is, that is here. And one day it will fully be here. A new day that has begun and one day it will fully be here. You see, through the resur- resurrection of Jesus, something new has begun. Something new has been unleashed. Something new is happening. Happy Easter indeed. And this new thing, it has everything to do with you and with me, with all those who are in Christ, but not just us, all of God's creation. And so today we ask a very simple question. In the face of death, what is our ultimate hope in Jesus? In the face of of death, what does Jesus' resurrection mean for us? And as we explore our passage in Romans today, we find one day death's defeat will be complete. Death's defeat will be complete. As Jesus was raised, we will be raised. Death's defeat will be complete. All things will be made new. Death's defeat will be complete. The reign of death will be undone. So here it is, verse 11. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Jesus, God in the flesh, came proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God, God's reign coming on earth as it is in heaven. But this proclaimer of good news, this this Jesus, he was betrayed arrested, tried, crucified. But on that third day, after all hope seemed lost, on that first Easter morning, God raised Jesus from the dead. The women went to the tomb on that Sunday morning and it was empty. And Jesus, the risen one, appeared to his followers, to Mary, to Peter, at one point to over 500 eyewitnesses. And what the Apostle Paul wants us to see in this passage for today, what he wants us to see is all who belong to Jesus, the Spirit of God lives in you. The very Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Church, this is astonishing. As you enter into that hard conversation this week, as you go through those trying 
difficult circumstances, as you go about your Tuesday, the very spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. But Paul wants us to see something specific here in his letter to the Romans. Because God raised Jesus, he will raise you. We are resurrection people. We will rise because in Christ, death dies. Now certainly we we already have new life in Christ. We have been saved. It's the image we see in baptism of, of dying to the old, of dying with Christ and being raised with Christ, being raised to new life. That's already true of us, those who are in Christ. But we also will be saved. We have a future hope. In the Apostles' Creed, believers through the centuries have declared, I believe in the resurrection of the body. We declared that today. And what does that mean? What are, we, what are we saying? The first Easter morning, Jesus appeared to the women outside of the tomb, and, and, and he, wasn't, he wasn't a ghost. He said to his disciples, touch me and see. He said to Thomas, put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and, and put it in my side. He took a, a piece of fish and he ate it in their midst. This was not a a hallucination. This was Jesus, physically, bodily, raised from the dead, still very much Jesus, and yet transformed his resurrected body. In verse 11, in Romans chapter eight, it says, he who raised Christ will give life to your mortal bodies. Our ultimate hope in Christ is not some immaterial hope. The Christian hope is substantive. It's of substance. It's the resurrection of our bodies. Just as God raised Jesus from the dead, he will raise us from the dead. Friends, make no mistake. Death is an enemy. But one day, that enemy will be defeated. In fact, the death blow has already been delivered in the resurrection of Jesus. And one day we will rise because in Christ, death dies. Can you believe that? Can you trust that? In the midst of grief and loss, when you're standing by a grave, death's defeat will be complete. And like Christ, our bodies will be redeemed, transformed, glorified. And you and I will spend eternity running, laughing, conversing, reigning with Christ, worshiping God, and bodies free from sin, and bodies free from death. Now this might raise questions for us. What exactly will that look like? What exactly will my my body be like? Certainly there is, is mystery involved, for now we see, we understand, in part. As 1 John 3, 2 says, dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him 
for we shall see him as he is. When those who are in Christ die, immediately we are in the Lord's presence with our loving God. And we know one day when Christ comes again, when Christ returns, when Christ appears, we will be like him, we will rise. And how can this be? How can we trust that such wonderful things are in store for us? Because we are children of God and God's spirit lives inside of us. Here again, verse 15. The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. Through Jesus Christ, we come right into the presence of God. Nothing can separate us, nothing, ever, not even death. But we can, we can live in fear. Fear consumes our, our thoughts, keeps us up at night. But the good news of Jesus is that we don't have to live in fear anymore. Remember, something new has begun in Jesus. Something new has been unleashed and we, you and me, we're sons and daughters. And by the Holy Spirit, we cry, Abba, Father. I've tried really hard uh, to teach my son, Luke, how to say, Mama. I feel like this is an important life skill. <laughs> he needs to get this down, so, okay, Luke, repeat after me. And you know what he keeps coming back at me with? Dada. <laughs> right? to my face, <laughs> dada, dada. Our passage, it tells us by the Holy Spirit, we cry, Abba, Father. Abba is this Aramaic term for father. It's a term of intimacy. It's the term that Jesus used. By the Holy Spirit, we cry, Abba, Father. And this father who raised his son from the dead he will raise us too. And when we're tempted to forget, when we're surrounded by grief and loss, the Holy Spirit whispers to us, beloved child, death's defeat will be complete. And then it gets even more astonishing. Are you ready? If children, we are heirs. Heirs. I've been to the adoption ceremony for some of my friends. I've been to a few, actually. And there's so much joy in that courtroom as the judge walks through the, the procedures finalizing the adoption. And at one point, the judge asked my friends, if you do this, if you adopt this child, all of the, the rights, the, the privileges of a, of a legal child are now theirs, including an inheritance. And so the judge raised the question, do you agree? And my friends said, yes. <laughs> yes, of course, all that we have is theirs. All that we have is theirs. Verse 17, now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. 
Friends, glory is coming. Glory is coming. Scholar N.T. Wright says this, he says, until at least the 18th century, many tombstones and memorials were inscribed with the Latin word which means I shall arise. That was why people were buried facing east so as to rise to meet the Lord at his coming. I decided this week that's what I want on my tombstone one day. I shall arise. Because one day, light will break from the east. Christ will return. A new day will be fully here. God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And you and I, all those who are in Christ, we shall arise. What is endlessly before us is life. Life with God forever. Last week on Easter, Pastor Tim said that that Jesus stands up and stares at death and says, no more, no more. And one day that no will reverberate through all of creation. Death's defeat will be complete. Because God is not like the small child who so carefully builds up this tower of Legos only to later come by and, and smash it all down to the ground. Now God so loved the world, loves the cosmos, the world he created, the creation that he declared very good. And what Paul talks about is the renewal of creation, not its destruction, but its renewal. What is endlessly before us is life. Life as it was meant to be. Life in God's new creation. Revelation chapter one, it's one of my my favorite passages. And there John has a a revelation, a a vision of what's to come. A new heaven and a new earth, a, a new Jerusalem, this redeemed city coming down out of heaven. Verse three, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. And he who is seated on the throne said, behold, I am making all things new. Jesus is making all things new and our ultimate hope is heaven coming down. Heaven and earth made one. And remember this new day, it's already begun. The kingdom is is breaking in. And so we throw ourselves into the work of the kingdom. We join God in what God is doing in India and Mongolia. We come alongside the Family Connection Center at the Helen Hunt campus We create works of art and beauty and truth. We seek justice. We care for the vulnerable and marginalized. We invest in our neighborhoods. And anybody, anybody can get in on this. And so we run around preaching the good news of Jesus, of coming home again to God, of being made new, of sins forgiven. The kingdom of God is breaking in. The new day has already begun even as it's not yet fully here. In our passage, we read this, verse 22. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. 
when humanity fell, when we rebelled against God, the ground itself became cursed. We live in a fallen, broken world. But I don't really need to tell you that, do I? And yes, we're headed to a day when the curse will be no more, but we're not there yet. And the image in our passage is that of of groaning. Groaning as in the pains of childbirth. When I was in labor with our son Luke, I got to the hospital before I could be admitted. And so they had us walk the the wing of of the maternity area to help progress the the labor along. That was fun. (laughs) And at times, I I, I had to stop because it was was painful. And at one point, my my dear, my dear sweet husband, my dear husband Chuck, at one point he he turned to me and he said, does it hurt? (laughs) Does it hurt? I will let you just guess what I said in response to that insightful question. (laughs) The image in our passage is that of groaning, as in the pains of childbirth. But it's not just creation. It's all of us longing for the fullness of God's kingdom. In his book, Lament for a Son, philosopher Nicholas Walterstorff describes his pain and grief after losing his 25-year-old son, Eric, to a rock climbing accident. And he writes this, with every fiber of my being, I long to talk with Eric again. When I mentioned this to someone, she asked what I would say, I don't know. Maybe I would blurt out something silly. That would be good enough for a beginning. We could take it from there. Every day I wonder and some days I doubt whether that talk will ever take place. But then comes this insistent voice, remember I made all this and raised my own son from the dead so I can also, I know, I know, but why don't you raise mine now? Why did you ever let him die? If creation took just six days, why does recreation take so agonizingly long? If your conquest of prime evil chaos went so quickly, why must your conquest of sin and death and suffering be so achingly slow? When I say my first words to Eric, then God's reign will be here. We long for that day. We ache for that day. God's reign, God's kingdom fully here. And friends, we're headed towards that day. We're headed towards that day. We stare at a grave today, but the empty tomb of Jesus says death's defeat will be complete. For the unleashing of God's new creation has already begun. It began that first Easter morning and one day it will be fully here. For in this hope, in this hope, we were saved. I was thinking this week about that phrase that we say sometimes, hope for the best. With a sort of resignation, maybe wishful thinking, fingers crossed, we say, let's just, let's just hope for the best. 
We tell ourselves we can't control the outcome, we can't dictate circumstances. All we can do, all we can do is hope for the best. And that may be true for us in certain circumstances in our lives, but not so for Jesus Christ, the living one, the one who holds the keys to death, the Lord, the firstborn from among the dead. What we have in Jesus Christ is not resignation, but expectation, eager expectation. The Lord will do it. The Lord will come again. The Lord will make all things new, including us. What we have in Jesus Christ is not resignation, but expectation. The Lord will do it. In this hope, we were saved. So I want to close with these words from the prophet Isaiah. We find these words of, of hope, foretelling of a day when God will swallow up death in victory. Isaiah 25, verse 7. On this mountain, he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples, the sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove his people's disgrace from all the earth. The Lord has spoken. And that day they will say, surely this is our God. We trusted in him and he saved us. This is the Lord, we trusted in him. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. Friends, one day, those words are gonna be on our lips. When death's defeat is complete, as the Lord so tenderly wipes the tears from our faces, we will say, surely this is our God. This is our God who sent his son, Jesus, Jesus who died for us. This is our God who raised Jesus from the dead, vindicating his beloved son, declaring him to be Lord of life. This is our God who's making all things new and we will stand in the redeemed creation, the new heaven and new earth, our home forever with God and we will take it all in with the deepest of joy and wonder. And we will say, surely this is our God. We trusted in him and he saved us. This is the Lord. We trusted in him. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. Let us pray. Lord God, would you fill us with hope? Hope that comes not from ourselves, but from you, the living God. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to us confirming that we are yours. We belong to you, the living God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to our First Prez podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.first-prez.org.